Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. My name is Joss Golden and I am so happy that you're here. In this podcast series, I interview people who are passionate about parenting. We talk about many things to do with parenting and motherhood and explore the joys and challenges that we all face in our families. The aim of the podcast is to share more about aware parenting, to inspire us all on our parenting adventures, and to support us all to raise our children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today, I'm really delighted to have Tracy Anderson Askew on the episode. Hi, Tracy. Hello, Joss. Thank you for having me. So lovely to see you again. So Tracy is a childbirth and parenting educator. She has four big children herself and Mm -hmm. she helps women and men to prepare for birth and to prepare for parenting. She has a program called Transform Your Birth and has delivered this course to over 6,000 families. She runs the Transform Parenting Community, which has been created out of over 20 years' experience working in this field, and she supports families to be ready to become parents. So welcome to the episode, Tracy. Thank you, Joss. It's so lovely to be here. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about your story and your own birth experience and how you came to do this really important work? Yeah, sure. I... I think it's really ironic. I started um, my life as a teacher and I had a deep fascination for children and what made them tick. And so much of what I learned about children and really trying to optimise their development and, you know, unlock what's inside of them, I learned so much about how it starts at the beginning, you know, that young children, those foundational years are just so crucial to helping children lay the foundations for curiosity and openness to learning and being adventurous and all of those wonderful qualities that really help um, unlock what's inside of them. So with that sort of beginning, when I went ahead and had my own children, um, I was just so, so fascinated by this whole process of giving birth. I was, um, when I was pregnant with my first son, I was a textbook sort of pregnancy. Everything was going really well. And at 36 to 38 weeks, I realised I had the wrong doctor and it was just a mismatch. So at the very late stage of my pregnancy, I made a big decision to change carers, change place of birth. And as a result of that, by getting the right information at the right time, when my husband and I sort of, you know, met Sam for the first time and we had an amazing birth experience as a result of the care that we had, it really set me up for that next phase, which is really hard and it's really intense and there's so much learning and, and so much transformation going on. And um, we were just set up really well. And I could see that. I could see that the birth played a really big role in that. So I went ahead and had another three children and then got very fascinated by um this particular part of transformation of people becoming parents for the first time. And what I realised in doing that is that we tend to focus on the wrong things. You know, we focus on whether it's a vaginal birth or caesarean or whether they've had drugs or not, and and we're not really focusing on the um, experience of the family as they go through that to be ready to to be essentially upgraded, you know, that whole process of going from the woman to the mother and the mother is a bigger version of the woman and so birth can act like a catalyst to really unlock what she's got inside of her. And so I really learned to see it as a rite of passage, which is a term that we don't tend to use in our culture. And um, so my own experiences were sort of unfolding at the same time as I started running new mothers groups and I became a doula. And I got to watch very closely what this was like for people and and what a significant time it is. And it's not just significant also for the the parents, but it's also significant for the little one, you know, that when they land, there's a lot going on for them. There's a lot being activated and switched on and their sense of security and connection to their parents is fundamental to them being able to land in this world and adjust to this big world that they've come into and it's such a tender, tender, beautiful time. So that's when I retrained and became a childbirth educator 
And I was very aware as a childbirth educator that I was setting people up for this mysterious thing called birth that we can't really guarantee much in birth apart from the fact that every experience is different even when you have a few children every experience is different so as a childbirth educator I was really aware of that and I kept looking for the answers as to what can I do setting people up for this mystery to help change the way that things unfold for them so that when they walk through that doorway into parenting, which is what I call childbirth, when they walk through that doorway, they're ready for that next phase. And I don't focus on the type of birth. It's not the type of birth that matters. It's what gets activated in the parents. So when I went looking for answers around that, I became distinctly aware that, you know, people's choice of maternity care is going to make a big difference the level of support that they have and why it's so important to get partners or fathers on board with the birth process and helping them to feel like they're a part of that, that journey as well. And also preparation. People need to know, they need to understand stuff, they need to recognize that birth isn't a conscious process, it's a subconscious process. They need to work with their fears and in my journey of first um, becoming a calm birth educator and then moving on from that and evolving the work even more to really look at some of the mind-body sciences and what we can do to help women come into the best possible mind state to be ready to welcome their birth, even if they need help, you know, even if their birth deviates off the normal path. So that kind of set me up. And Back in 2006, I brought Calm Birth here to Canberra and then um, back in 2020, I rebranded because we were doing so much more on the other side of birth and I just wanted to create a system of continuity for people going all the way through um, that process because we tend to, as health professionals, we tend to break it up into bits, you know, antenatal care and birth and postnatal and when in the lives of the parents it's not that at all it's just one long path for them and so that's what I focused on setting up for my families. Wow there's so many things I want to say in response and questions I want to ask you about that you've covered so much like really important things oh wow Mm -hmm. amazing work so what do you think women really need then for in terms of support around birth because as you say like our culture prepares us so badly for birth doesn't it there are so many issues in our culture how birth is portrayed in the media for example Mm. it's always you know women lying on the bed (laughs) screaming Mm. in agony and often that's the only image that women have of what birth Mm. is as they Mm. prepare to give birth themselves so we're so far removed from the power of birth and what birth can look yeah. like. So I'm just interested. Yeah, look, there's so many different aspects to it, but I think like socially women need to be aware that other people's stories are not helpful, okay? We're very, very um, thoughtless about the things that we share with women about our own personal experiences and to the subconscious, which is very wired to pick up on fears and um you know, it's the protective part of the mind, we remember the horror stories the most. So I often talk to women about, you know, when people come at you with their stories, they just stop there rather than tell me a story because every story is different. That's not really helpful to me. What I'm curious about is what did you learn that helped you? Mm. And that's a great question because that's then going to help them to start to excavate the mind of another woman who or person who might be sharing their experiences to pick up on some what I call birth wisdom, which is what we should be passing down through the generations, is wisdom around the process of birth and to see it as an essential part of that transformation. Even if women choose to have elective caesareans or they um, need some type of help in birth and it goes off the normal path, that's fine. That's all part of her experience of welcoming this baby. So I think socially is a big issue. I think that information is power, but one of the biggest challenges pregnant women have is too much information. They go looking and reading and Googling all sorts of things which can take them down the fear rabbit hole and that's very hard to come back from. I think we focus on stuff that our health professionals should know, not stuff that we need to know. 
when it comes to good information for pregnant women, it needs to be focused on what they can do to make a difference. So it's not so much the what, it's more about the how. Okay, how am I going to manage this? If my baby gets stuck, how am I going to deal with that? What's my role in that situation? I think it's really important for pregnant women and preparing for birth to be really well supported. And we've said to partners, you know, getting there, it's the birth of your baby, but we haven't done a great job of preparing them. So letting them know how essential and and not just essential, but just golden, like they can make, and this is one of the first things I tell my um, partners or fathers, I say, you can make her labour easier and shorter. Now, the flip side is you can make it longer and harder. (laughs) You don't want to do that. And that that can happen when you don't know how influential you are to her physiology and particularly what hormones get released because the hormone for labour is the love hormone. It's oxytocin. That's what fuels the contractions. And there's nobody in that room that loves her more than the partner. And so they have a direct influence on her oxytocin levels. So when they realise that and then they're given really practical tools and strategies to help support her, they they come up looking very shiny, <laughs> very, very, you know, she'll, she'll come through birth and she'll look at her partner and go, oh, my God, I couldn't have done it without you. You're amazing. And that's such a beautiful way to start parenting together. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot. And, and I think the models of maternity care too is something that, I think over the years, you know, there have been many people advocating for this, but continuity of care of a known midwife changes everything. When you've got relationships with your caregivers, and I say midwives, it's it's okay too to have continuity of a known doctor, but what a lot of people don't appreciate um, when they take on a doctor is that they don't actually see the doctor a lot and they don't tend to spend a lot of time with them in their antenatal care. But when you've got continuity models, there's a real possibility and opportunity to build a relationship, to build rapport, connection, and the midwife knows the couple or, you know, the woman birthing and what's important to her, what their values are. And so being able to get on the same page, being able to understand how, you know, a midwife or someone caring for her can navigate the way through can be really helpful. So when people aren't able to access continuity of care of a known midwife, it's wonderful if they can get a doula because a doula is someone who can offer that continuity when um, some of the maternity systems can't. Wow, yeah. I mean, from my own experience, both of my births were so different and one was uh, ended up being a hospital birth with a lot of intervention and very little power and, and self-determination on my part. And the other was this beautiful home birth where I had this amazing midwife who had absolute mm-hmm. trust in in me and my body and the birthing process, who was yeah. part of the process all the way through. And it was just a completely different experience for, for mm-hmm. myself and for our children. And I can see how it impacted on our children too. And those yeah. The, the caregiver it was interesting you said that in your first birth right at the last minute you changed your doctor and how powerful that was in terms of your experience and uh, I was a birth partner for a friend of mine and she had this awful doctor who she hated <laughs> and yeah. like a week before she gave birth he he she went to see him to be examined and he said oh your cervix doesn't look like the kind of cervix that's going to open Oh, goodness. And I, that was just <laughs> devastating, such a devastating thing for her to hear. And she had this, I really think that was responsible for her having this incredibly oh, difficult and traumatic birth that ended up with a cesarean and just the, the, the fear of, of those words. So, yeah, I think that the type of support that women yeah. get in that process and the, and the power to be able to choose who mm. they get that support from yeah, uh, is so crucial, isn't it? Mm. it's very sad when women experience that but geez it can be a real opportunity for them to kind of step into their power too when you have an experience where you're disempowered that's the breeding ground for empowerment Mm. women come out of that and go well I'm not doing that again yeah (laughs) I'm now going to have a much better radar for people who um, are not aligned with my values Mm. around what it is that I want for my family. So, yeah, I I suspect after that experience she wouldn't go back to that person. 
yeah. and give her the opportunity to um, to choose better. Mm. And that's part of that healing process, isn't yeah. it? Of, of, and, and that requires a lot of support too, to be able to, to share our experiences of giving birth, to tell our stories and to heal mm. from, from what, what we carry from that experience so that it doesn't then get in the way of us having having a better experience next time round. Yeah. Uh, that requires a lot of support too, though, to to mm-hmm. when we've had fearful experiences particularly, to be able to then process that and move more into trust. And let's talk about that process of, of healing and how you support um, women, particularly through when they've had difficult experiences first time or when they're particularly fearful and finding it hard to, to be trusting about the birth process. How, how do you support women in that? I get a lot of women who've had difficult first births or second births as well and decide, right, I've got to do it differently. So it's wonderful when they come through course because with new information comes new understandings and it can also help create filters of perception around their previous experiences that can help them then overcome them. So in knowing and understanding, say, the physiology of birth, how the body works, what we can do to work with the birth, in knowing and understanding the power of the mind in that process and how the mind can get hijacked by the environment, by people around, things people say, once they start to understand that information, that's really powerful in helping them to put perspective around the previous experiences. And they start to see that it wasn't all about them too you know a lot of women who've gone through birth can be left with a feeling of failure like they didn't do it right like they couldn't you know their body didn't work for them or that there's something inherently wrong with them but once you create perspective around that they can start to see that actually (laughs) I can see now where my birth got started to deviate and started to have problems and it wasn't all about me and that there were things that were happened that were beyond her control. Like, for example, a difficult birth that comes when a baby's not in a good position. Now, you can't control that. You can influence it sometimes, but, but really, I mean, there's so many different forces going on around the birth process that don't enable that mother necessarily to be able to do anything other than just get help and get through it. And so I find that that process of getting new information can be really helpful. Helping partners to know what a big difference that they can make the next time can be really helpful because they often, you know, we talk a lot about women being traumatised by birth but not enough about the partners that experience it with them and helping the partners also to heal and to have perspective and to be ready to do it differently next time is really helpful. I've been debriefing birth stories for years, like over 20 years now, in both group situations but also individually. And it's been such, I've learned so much through that of in order to, for me to help women on some level to integrate their birth, I've been able to sort of identify where, where women um, lose agency and where they struggle to make sense of or create the right meaning around and so what I do in those birth debriefings once you know I've given her the opportunity to hear her full voice to hear her story because the thing Joss about birth stories they change they evolve you know straight after the birth you hear a woman talk about her story and then you hear it six months later it's a very different story over that time little parts integrate other parts come to the fore and the memory starts to unearth other little parts and so helping women to first hear their voice to identify what they had control of what they didn't and to utilize that in in a forward looking way so what have you learned about yourself as a result of that Mm -hmm. And what would you tell a pregnant woman? That's a great question. You know, what what sort of birth wisdom can you pull out of that experience to then offer it to another woman? And when you start to bring those stories and, and pull out or excavate forward thinking from it, that enables her to travel that path and recognize that no birth is ever in vain. In fact, what you learn from that birth will influence your parenting, it'll influence the way you advocate for your child, 
It'll influence what you'll tolerate, what you won't. It'll give you a really good radar for good health professionals. So there's so many good things that can come out of it as a result of it. And when women are given the time and the space to explore the fertile ground for growth, which really is what birth is, it's I mean, it's such a catalyst for us growing, particularly as women, because it's so physical and so emotional and so spiritual and so everything. It's just so much um, part of, yeah, it's a very, very significant time in life for women. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that point about telling and then retelling the stories is so crucial, isn't it? Because as you say, like if you have a traumatic birth and you're loaded with all this sense of failure and all this judgment and criticism of yourself and all this fear and guilt and shame and all those other things that can come with it, that that then really impacts on your on your mothering and your ability to raise your child. And I think babies also need to heal from their birthing experiences frequently. And we Mm. have this sort of perception in our society that babies are just these sort of blobs and it's not until they're talking that they're really sentient beings. But actually, increasingly, it's well understood that babies experience the full range of, of emotions and feelings and they have big experiences of stress and that the birth experience is a huge, huge process for them too. And so Mm -hmm. supporting mothers to heal from the birth process then supports them to support their children to heal from the birth process. And then, like you say, that's, that can be so empowering for everybody in the family. Mm. That's what I love about aware parenting. It it just really um, brings awareness and focus to the the experience of the baby Mm. and to help us as parents to sit with that. Mm. I loved what you said as well about women sharing with other women the wisdom that they get as a result of processing their birth experiences and and sharing those positive as well as negative experiences and mm-hmm. and I think that's where it really helps to have a, a birth support person with you who really understands the transformative power of birth and and the strength of women and well my first birth I didn't didn't progress in in inverted commas fast enough so I ended up having to be induced because my waters broke very early and so I had this story in my mind that you know I wasn't able to do it myself that I needed external support Mm. that my body wasn't wise enough to be able to do the process itself and that I needed external chemicals my hormones weren't enough kind of thing and I had to do a lot of work around that for my second birth but I remember in my second birth, I had this, as I said, this extraordinary midwife and she right towards the end of the process, I was just, just approaching that stage where you go into that third stage. And I was in a pool at home and I said to her, I'm really, I'm just too tired. I I can't do this anymore. And she said to me, don't worry, you just, you can turn around in the water and get, get your, get my husband to just support your head and you can just float for a bit and just tell your body that you need a break and and rest and then we can come back and start the last stage and and I turned around in the water and I've been having contractions like every I don't know what it was like 40 seconds or 45 seconds or whatever by that stage I was really close and I turned around in the water and I just floated for five minutes I had no contractions at all everything just stopped wow moment to sort of regroup get myself back together and then she said when you're ready you tell me and you can turn back around in the water and this baby will come and and my baby my waters I turned around the waters broke and my baby was born like five minutes later and if I'd had that knowledge first time round of the deep wisdom of my body and the incredible crucial value of having the support of people that you trust and respect and admire and of course, the loving support of my husband that I had first time round, but as well, but you know, we were so new to it all then. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think that's so important, so important to share those those experiences. Oh, I love that, and the wisdom of the body. Like, just you've got to. We have so many messages culturally, socially about we're not enough. Mm. You know, women see a pregnant woman or even I think men even do this sometimes you know they say oh you're having a baby I've got one bit of advice for you have the epidural or have the drugs which is a really inappropriate thing to say in the sense that the the message underneath that is you're not going to be enough Mm. now there is a role for drugs in birth absolutely there is that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about the message under the message and it's a you're not going to be enough and we're so 
surrounded by that, that type of noise. But if you think about all of the women who've given birth for us to exist today, you know, we've been giving birth since the beginning of existence, whenever that was. So these continual messages that our body isn't enough is just not right. It's not true. Now, sometimes we need help, absolutely, and we're lucky now we've got that help. However, don't tell me women can't do it, mm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. we have for, for, from the beginning of time that blueprint, Mother Nature's blueprint of creation. We're, we're, how many billion are we now? Come on, get real. Yeah. Of course we can do it. <laughs> we're, 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 we're everywhere. <laughs> and it's so important for us to be finding ways, and you're obviously doing this beautifully in your work, to be giving women the message again and again that they are enough and that they are powerful and that they do have autonomy and that they do have strength mm-hmm. and power and And that's so important for mothering too, because again, this message that starts with birth around you're not enough, you can't do it on your own, goes then into into mothering too, and then can be so um, detrimentally affected by those sorts of Mm -hmm. thoughts about ourselves. So yes, such a powerful opportunity to heal and so important for, for what comes after birth as well as for the actual birth process. Yeah, exactly. So what about the other I mean, we've talked a bit about like that journey from fear to trust and and what about lots of fear obviously around pain how, how do you support women with that because that that's often a, that's something else in our society that is so yeah. Oh, yeah. pain it, it is it's the biggest one that women have to tell like have to overcome in their own minds around facing what the pain ends up being for them you know, I always, I often make a point about this. If I was to say interview a hundred people and play a word association exercise with them, and if I was to say, I'm going to play a word association exercise, I'm going to say a word, and I want you to tell me the first thing you think of. And if I was to say the word childbirth, what would they say? <laughs> Amazing, uh, powerful, transformative experience. Where you would say that, Josh? <laughs> Probably most not. people. If you say childbirth, the first thing they think of is pain. Yeah, of course. And then let's let's consider this. What is childbirth about? It's about having a baby. So we should have wired in our minds childbirth equals baby, not childbirth equals pain. So we make childbirth about the pain, yet the pain is a byproduct. It's just a detail in the process. The pain comes, it goes, there's a break, and then it comes, and every one of those pains is one step closer to meeting your baby. So it's pain with a purpose. But the first thing I do when I talk about the pain is to demystify it and help them to understand what it actually is. Have you ever thought about what the pain is, where it comes from? A lot of people don't even consider this. And essentially, it's created through the intense work of the uterus in contracting and opening the door to let the baby out. The uterus is a um, muscle and it's a muscle, It's they call it the strongest muscle in the human body because its job is to push out a baby. That's the biggest job a muscle that will ever do. And when people think about the pain, they, you know, we think, when we think pain, we often think of a sharp feeling. But in labour, it's typically a very broad feeling because it's a muscle contracting and squeezing and tightening and putting all this pressure to push this baby out. So like any muscle that works really, really hard, it's not comfortable, it's intense, like if you were doing bicep curls at the gym, it's intense, it's a broad, tight, pressured feeling in your arms, but you're not standing there carrying on about the pain. In fact, people who work do bodybuilding, they don't think about it as pain. They think about it as benefit, you know, that it's a benefit. And labour pains are the same it's each pain is bringing you close to your baby it's your uterus contracting and in order for that uterus to contract really really well you need to give it lots of blood and oxygen because when a muscle doesn't get enough blood and oxygen it becomes very painful and so in order to do that you need to stay relaxed because if you get stressed Mm. the blood and oxygen move away from the uterus into your arms and legs that's called fight flight and that then starves the uterus of um, blood and oxygen which makes labor more painful so by being relaxed 
it becomes more manageable and keeping the blood flow where it needs to be. So that's just really powerful information and knowledge that helps people to go, is that all it is? Yeah. Because when you say to a woman, oh, you're having a baby, you know it's painful, it's going to be the worst pain you'll ever experience, what, what's she meant to do with a comment like that? How do you get excited about having a baby if you think you've got to go through the worst pain you'll ever experience? Like, and for some women it is, and we need to honour and acknowledge that. But there's often a lot of conditions around the mother who experiences it as excruciating that could be changed and improved. In my first birth, um, my waters broke, which is quite unusual for births. Normally they break it towards the end, but anyway, it does happen at the beginning. And, and so my labour got very strong very quick. And he was a big boy and he was really well engaged. So he was really pushing on that cervix, which gave me very strong contractions. And I was in really full-on pain and they were quite close together. So it was very overwhelming initially. And then my midwife arrived and saw me at home. And um, the minute she walked in the door, she had a smile on her face and, oh, what a great day to be born. And she looked at me and she said, oh, let's see if we can make this a bit more comfortable. And she got me breathing and she got me rocking and moving and doing a whole lot of things. And all of a sudden that pain went from being excruciating to being pretty painful still but very much more manageable. Mm. So that's what good support does mm. when it comes to managing the sensations of labour. Mm. Yeah, it's so much about our response to the pain rather than the pain itself. And it's such a different thing to be able to relax into the pain and to breathe into the pain and to move with the pain rather than to, to contract and to tighten and to, to stiffen in response to the pain. It's a completely different thing, isn't it? And women who are not scared do that intuitively for the most part. Mm -hmm. They do fear often that drives the reaction of the woman to the sensations, which then shifts her physiology. And then it increases adrenaline, which can counteract oxytocin, making her labour longer and harder and potentially slower and all sorts of things can shift because a woman's gone into a stress response. So the biggest thing I do in my classes is to help women to really train their nervous system to be able to go into deeper and deeper states of relaxation and to down-regulate that stress response so they're not so quick to go into stress, that they actually can stay in that zone, stay in that beautiful place of being able to work with the labour, not against it. Wow. Can you talk a bit more about that, Tracy? What yeah, are some of the ways that you support women to, to learn to do that? To work with the birth? Mm. I mean, you've talked yes. about information already. Yeah, information. So the next sort of level of it is training, to train the nervous system. Now, we are more than ever so overstimulated, so wired. Um, we drink lots of coffee or alcohol or high-sugar diets. All of these things drive up the nervous system. And so... When it comes to relaxing, that sounds good in theory, but in practice that can be very, very difficult for some people. Some people are more have a greater initial ability to relax, but it's something that can be trained. And so the first thing I do is help them first to understand the power of the breath because the breath is fundamental to the nervous system response. So if you're breathing calmly, gently, slowly, then you're going to it's like the bridge to the relaxation response. You're going to then invite your nervous system to get to relax and to go into deeper states of relaxation. If you're breathing with your mouth open and fast and in a panic sort of a state with your breath, then you're going to go into a stress response. So I teach them the physiology of breathing. I teach them to understand what over-breathing is and how to minimise that through good posture, nose breathing, slow and gentle. It's as simple as that and let their own natural rhythm play out in the breath. I don't try and get them to contort their breath into any particular pattern, um, although that can be helpful as a mind-focusing tool, but physiologically speaking, we're, we're trying to optimise the breath, which is to breathe in the way the body's designed to breathe to give you the most oxygen and to avoid over-breathing, which is where you get less oxygen, not more. Um, so that's the start. And then when I then start to help them to go into deeper states of relaxation. I use very powerful suggestions in that process to start to talk to the subconscious. 
because the subconscious mind is what dictates the birth process. It's what dictates nervous system response. Um, and so as a part of that, making beautiful suggestions to their subconscious that they can do it, their body was made to do it, they've got everything they need within them to do it. I talk about the blueprint of creation. I talk about um, the power of letting go and how comfortable it is to let go. It's such a lovely feeling to let go. <laughs> Not all of us love to let go. But there's a beautiful side to letting go and to allow things to happen, not need to make things happen. And so as part of that, they get the audios and I give them 10 audio tracks and they find their way through the ones that really work for them. And I get them to practice every day. It's a daily practice. So they practice going into deeper states of relaxation. And that's just such a beautiful thing for them to experience. It's beautiful for their babies because whilst they learn to be calm and relaxed, so does their babies. Um, it has a beautiful connection to them as well and partners get involved so that they, they know how to relax so that they don't, you know, because they're contagious to her. So it's a beautiful practice that they can share together and to continually hear the language of empowerment and that those powerful suggestions so that they really start to believe in themselves. I often say I'm brainwashing you, <laughs> but brainwashing you, washing out the old shit, the cultural stuff that doesn't serve us and putting in the new way of thinking that's going to be constructive rather than destructive. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I remember my midwife second time around saying to me, when you're at home, you'll just be free to move around however your body needs to move around because you're in your space where you feel relaxed, where you feel nurtured, where you feel safe. And I remember as I was preparing for birth, there was a part of me that kept thinking, well, maybe that's true for other women, but I, it, I can't believe that I'm actually going to be able to do that. And yet that's exactly what happened. And I had all these uh, things written on the wall, similar to what you were talking about. And I had my favorite flowers. My husband had bought me my favorite flowers and they were opening. And that was like a really powerful symbol of, of, of opening and um, beauty and all of that sort of thing. And yeah, I was just, I had that because I'd had that preparation, because I'd had those conversations and because I had that understanding, I really felt uh, empowered. I felt that I could trust my body and, and it, it allowed my body to do what it knows how to do. Joss, it's really interesting. I often say to women, prior to the birth, the monkey mind will trip you up and say, oh, maybe for other women, but can I do that? You know, and you'll, you'll second guess yourself. But the beautiful thing about labour is that goes offline if you don't fight it. And you can't think like that anymore. You have to just go with what's going on. It's in this moment, this contraction right here, right now. So women do intuitively respond like that when they're not scared and they're not overstimulated and they can go into that zone. The monkey mind disappears mm. and you discover you can do it. It's beautiful to watch. Mm. Wow. Must be so amazing for you to to be, to work with so many families over the years. I think you said six thousand families, and to have to have supported people through this process. How what an incredible way to spend your life! Yeah, it's been three thousand births. I've I've worked with people to help over three thousand and six thousand families over the course of doing new parent groups. And yeah, I've been so blessed because they've taught me so much about this. Yeah, mm. I was going to say, what are some of the main things that you've learned during this process about? about women, about motherhood? You know, I think it's really about trusting life. <laughs> that sounds really basic, but it's, uh, you know, I can watch, when you've watched women have not just one baby but two or three or even I think I've worked with a woman who had six children. I didn't work through with all of them, but I certainly did with the last four. When you kind of watch things unfold, you start to realise that nothing is ever in vain. Every part of the process is inviting you to upgrade. It's inviting you to step up, to rise up to the occasion, whether it be difficulties with a newborn who cries a lot or a difficult birth experience or um, relationship challenges. All of that is inviting you to step up and to learn, to change, to transform, to attune and to start to unlock the deeper parts of you. So that's the thing I've learned the most. I just have so much faith in the human spirit because, and, and I get to witness it through such a beautiful, tender, transformative time. So I've learned to trust the process. I've learned never to judge women's births or women's choices. 
and to really just watch and be in awe of how ultimately there's so much in all of us, but we don't realise that sitting on the couch watching Netflix. We, we realise it when we're challenged. And that's what children do. They, they rip you apart. <laughs> they just cut you down. They get you to explore all parts of you that need to be healed and need to be worked with. And I just, that's the biggest thing I've learned, I think, Joss, is to just trust the process. My job is to just sit on the sidelines of people's lives and hold a bit of a torch and say, it's okay, you can do this, you can do this, it's okay, what you're going through will change and you will be different and that will be a good thing. That's beautiful. And that starts with, yeah, preparing for childbirth and then childbirth. And then that that's such an ongoing journey, isn't it? That, that throughout mm-hmm. our parenting, throughout the parenting process, that the more we can lean into that trust and the more that we can heal what's getting in the way of that trust, mm-hmm. uh, the better our relationships are with ourselves, with our children, et cetera. Yeah, it's such a powerful, powerful thing to work on. I think they need help, though, too, because I think our cultural narrative is just we focus on shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. We focus on the pain of labour or did she have drugs or is your baby sleeping? All of the, these are the continual messages women get when they've had a baby and and that's not what it's about. Mm. And sometimes when you try, I mean, I've had lots of conversations at work with people who are, who, and I've said how you know, my second birth was this incredibly transformative and empowering experience that was just beautiful. It was the most beautiful experience of my life people just don't want to hear that (laughs) people are like nah yeah so changing those that cultural narrative around birth is is like that's an ongoing process isn't it sure is yeah and parenting and parenting oh yes yeah absolutely (laughs) so um can you talk a little bit about your work and how people can find out more about you and then perhaps we could talk a bit about the Transform Parenting Summit that you've that you're putting together. Thank you. Yeah so as a result of working in birth I realized that that's just a very small part of the overall experience of families so I initially um, I've always been doing birth debriefing it's something I've done from the beginning of time um, to help people to transform through birth And we've always had new parent groups, both um, parent groups for mums and also dads. And so that's been wonderful because it's very much formed the basis of my understanding around what people are going to need to learn. And in those thriving as a new parent groups, um, we go through 10 different themes of from everything from relationships to identity to sex and body image to um, community and rituals and family values all sorts of things and it's a just a beautiful process we take our new parents through as a group normalizing the experience because they're sharing it with other people going through the same thing at the same time Um, from that we've also established through transform parenting parent coaching and a form of therapy too because parenting does require you to work on yourself And sometimes we need a bit of help to sort of unearth our own limiting patterns of thought, feeling and behaviour. And so I use a method called rapid transformational therapy, which is um, a Marissa Peer model of therapy that I've learned and have used so successfully to help people to get to the bottom of their own challenges. And then it'd be a year ago, actually, coming on to a year, we started the parent village, the Transform Parenting Village. And that's where we explore um, parent growth zones. So each month we release videos to inspire parents to bring awareness to around their parenting. And each month is a different theme. And we do live parent coaching sessions in group scenarios. So people can feel the benefit of being in a group of other parents who are really wanting to do well ask questions, share stories and experiences at the same time exploring new themes. So that's been really, really well received. And so as part of the village, we set it up on three pillars, which I think is so very important. Education, knowledge is power. It's good to know and understand, particularly children and in childhood and what what's fundamental to children because 
parenting has changed and the conditions that we're raising children in has changed quite dramatically, particularly with screens and small backyards and children not being having the freedom to sort of roam and free range. And so education is important. The second major pillar is support. So helping people to get the support that they want when they need it. So we've got a group of health professionals that are there for my families and and a system of referral that um, they can access whatever it is that they need, whether it be things from acupuncture, postnatal doulas, um, women's pelvic health physios, all sorts of people to help through that time. And then the third one is community. And so in our community, we do things like we've got a book club, we've got a single parents group, we've got a um, women's circles, we've got meditation circles, and we've got the parenting summit that's coming out very soon where I've interviewed and you're included in that, Joss. Very inspiring, really wonderful parenting educators who are doing fantastic work to inspire us to see what's possible in this space. And um, I've had some most gorgeous conversations with these people. And we'll be releasing that out, not just to our community, but the wider community as well. So yeah, and we do gatherings and things. So it's really creating opportunities for parents to get what they need when they need it. Because parenting is a bit like that, you know, life gets busy and career comes in and the dog needs help and all sorts of things happen and then all of a sudden your kids throw you a curveball and you go god what the hell am I doing (laughs) I have no idea how to respond to this yeah and we just want to be there for people when they need it amazing amazing yeah yeah and I think it's it sounds beautiful you're so such a holistic model isn't it and I think one of the things that's so helpful for parents that um, I support is that support for for their feelings and, and the healing through lots of different modalities. But you know, having that support to express how they feel and to have that heard and understood, and to to reprogram some of those beliefs and and imprints that we carry around self compassion and that kind of thing, but also meeting their needs. And I think yeah, that's such a crucial thing. For, you know, early in the process, mothers to understand that actually our needs matter too and that we can't take mm-hmm. care of anybody else unless we're also taking care of us. So that's such a powerful oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're not wired as women to be into self-care. I mean, no. We learn it because we have to, but we're more wired about worrying about the needs of everybody else. I always marvel at the men because I've got four sons and the men in my life, they're very good at self-care. <laughs> no issues at all mm. a lot from my husband how he looks after himself put your face mask on first yes yeah and it's one thing to understand that but it's another thing to actually do it isn't it very true what are some of the ways that you practice self-care tracy i had to learn it after i had three babies in four years and i crashed and burned after that mm. so I, I had a real dip and a real nervous breakdown but it was good because it Help me to let go of, you know, the need to be perfect and um, some of my more debilitating patterns that were probably good prior to having kids but certainly didn't serve me when I had kids. So I had to learn to do self-care um, very strongly. So yoga is a really important thing for me and meditation and exercise and, yeah, to do it in a way that can enable me to still do the other things that I want to do in my life, you know, fitting that in around my family and my the families that I serve as well as the family of mine um, mm. is really important to me. Mm. Yeah. So how can people find out more about you, Tracy? What's the, has the, what's the best way for people to connect? So we've got the transformparenting.com.au is the website and people can follow us on Instagram, even TikTok. I've just landed on TikTok <laughs> from a friend. <laughs> Um, and Facebook, we certainly post different things there of what we're doing. Um, if they go onto the website, every week we publish a What's On in Transform Parenting and people in the village would get a different What's On because they've got a lot more things in it um, as a result of being in the village. But you can sign up to the What's On newsletter and find out about different things. We've got, as part of our support package, we've got for new parents, we've got Your Baby Is Here catch-up groups. And every week on a Thursday between 12 and 1, we get guest speakers who come in and um, 
share a little bit of wisdom about parenting and then we do Q&A. So I check in on all the families that are there and invite them to ask questions and then other families can answer some of those questions, not just about me answering the questions. We, We like each other, you know, to support each other through our shared experiences. So they're free. They don't cost anything. Um, You need to sign up to the newsletter, though, to get it free link. Otherwise, um, on the if you do it through the website, it costs $50 per session. But it's it's a beautiful way of meeting other new parents and it's on Zoom. So they can be anywhere. Wonderful. So I'll put all of those links in the show description. And it's I'm so excited that you're incorporating aware parenting and lots of sessions with different aware parenting instructors to share this approach more widely with the parents that you support. It's just wonderful. So excited. So I just loved aware parenting when I I could really see that's where parents get a bit tripped up is recognising the emotional needs of particularly little babies who Mm. can't communicate as easily and then how to be in that space. I really have loved learning more and more about that. Yeah, Mm. wonderful. And I always ask people at the end, what is something that you wish you'd known at the beginning of the parenting process or something that you think is really helpful to share with parents? The first one that comes to mind is, is a stage and it will pass <laughs> when you're in it you think it's going to go on forever and that it'll be okay even when it's hard that it will change so and that there's benefit in the hardness I think sometimes in our very um, privileged culture and society that we we avoid hard things but actually the hardness of parenting I think is where the gold is That's where the transformation is and that's what your children bring into your life. They invite you to transform and to grow up. (laughs) We've got to grow up too, not just them. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. So that's that's what I would would love to have known before um, going through it all to just trust the process. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Trust the process. That's that's the motto, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tracy, for sharing all that. And as I said, I'll put all of those links in the show description. And I just think your work is so incredibly profound and powerful. And I can just imagine what a transformation it is for parents to come and, and learn from you and to experience all of that you share prior to giving birth and then all the support that you provide afterwards too. It's really, really what we need. So thank you so much. Thanks, Joss. I appreciate you seeking me out to do this. It's a real honour. Thank you for joining me on Aware Parenting Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To find out more, please visit my website, www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures. Mm-hmm.